Welcome, everybody, to Mormons on Mushrooms. Uh, just a reminder that this is a storytelling podcast where we discuss alternative methods for healing from trauma and seeking a more fulfilling life. A lot of times on the podcast, we discuss triggering topics, and we ask that you make your personal mental health top priority. Uh, lastly, the opinions offered by our guests don't necessarily reflect the opinions of the hosts. Sit back, buckle up, and enjoy. Tomorrow we may die. Yeah. Raise your glasses high for tomorrow we may die. Yeah. Do you like a. Oh, he wants to. Get your glasses in the air. There you go. Are you being the Franken? Oh, yeah. Do it, though. All right. Do it, do it. I'll tell you of the time when the earth was new and bright. The children of the fairy people would dance from dawn to night. But the Lord of the fairies was a righteous little guy, and he came down to preach from his throne high in the sky. And his voice was shrill and whiny, as a fairy's voice should be. His words inscribed on plates of gold for all the
Multiple chat days, I think. It's good for me. It's good for my good for my little soul. Hey, maybe every day should be a multiple chat day. Fuck yeah, dude. Welcome to the daily pod with Mike and Doug, dude. We could do that. Not all day, every day. Or we could just not record and just chat every day, talk dreams and experiences and the silly things about life. I, I forgot we actually did record today too. I thought we just chatted, but we recorded. <laughs> Yeah. Do you want to talk about, uh, I have a question for you about phones. Can we talk about, like, I don't know why we would talk about phones on this podcast, but I know you recently got a new phone. I did. I did. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. I mean, you, you were there for the death of my old phone. I was there for the, for the, uh, final like death it rattle. A, it was of a your epic, life. epic death. It was like a drowning plus, uh, I think it was run over by a car. There's a lot happening with that. Yeah, that thing, that thing was like put out to pasture in a big, yeah. in a big juicy way. <laughs> How often do you get a new phone? Um, like, are you a guy who gets like the every time there's a new phone that like you get it? No, because I don't care enough. Um, if my company paid for it, I would <laughs> obviously, 
Yeah. Um, they don't. So I'm pretty fine to just not upgrade, but then usually something happens every few years. And then when I do, there's usually some special, like this one, we were switching to Verizon. So there was a special, there was like a two for one thing. So we went with the more expensive phone because we're getting one for free. So I tend to kind of guess go with sometimes the more expensive upgrades when I do, but I go for years at a time before I upgrade. So what do you have right now? Do you mind me asking? Is that, are we should not record? 13 with like the three, what is that? That's 13 pro maybe with the three cameras. I think it's the 13 pro. Yeah. Um, Was that like a big upgrade or what? (laughs) I think so. But here's, that's the point I'm trying. So yes, I guess it's a big upgrade if you're like shooting. First of all, you've been around me enough to know. I only take pictures when I'm drunk and meeting strangers. Like that's the only time my phone is used for pictures. (laughs) So I couldn't care less about that fucking camera because it's already going to turn out like, like blurry. And cause I'm like shaking and like trying to move around and like do like a selfie and all that kind of stuff. So I don't care about the, I don't care about the camera at all. Meanwhile, my, my daughter cares deeply about the camera. Like she, that's, that's like her jam, you know? So my daughter got a new phone a few weeks back and they were like, to me, they were like, Dude, your phone is like six years old. <laughs> like you need to get it. You're like, you're due for like every upgrade there is. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, we'll, we'll pay you to just come in here and like sit with us and talk. <laughs> and I'm just like, I, you know, I, I held out cause I just, I hate switching phones. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, yeah. I'm not good at it. Like I don't, I don't do backups. And so every time I get a new phone, it's like, shit, I'll start getting texts from like numbers. I don't recognize, you know, cause I don't have them saved on the right fucking thing or whatever it is. Yeah. My last one, you know, six years, six years is like dog year. It's like six years in phone years is like my phone might as well have been used by Jesus himself. You know what I I mean? My old, you know, we had phones back then. (laughs) Yeah. 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 They were like, is this the first phone ever? I'm like, no, I got it six years ago. Especially people working in the store were probably like, what? I've never, like they were like, they're like 12 when you're phone came. literally, you can, you know, cause like, you know, a lot of times a phone salesperson is going to be like kind of younger. So they're looking at my phone. First of all, my phone's like screen is cr- cracked. It like, it would like get little shards of glass in my thumb anytime I used it, you know, and like certain apps I just couldn't get to because parts of the screen were broken and all kinds of, but finally I was like, all right, now you know, I'll go get a new phone. So I go do the thing. I get a new phone and, like I said, it's like, I got to, I got to figure out what apps I use and I got to figure out contacts. And, you know, I'm like comparing notes with my, I'm like, I'm like, babe, I, who, what number is this? Like, and so we like compare to see if she has the number, you know, that kind of stuff. but the biggest thing that I'm confused about is they gave me in, with the, with the new phone, they gave me like a, like a cable to charge it, but there's not, it's like a new, it's like a new thing. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And there's not, they don't give you a little like cube or whatever to plug it into. So I'm like, well now what the fuck am I supposed to do? They have to buy You have to buy a cube thing, man. Yeah, man. And they're not cheap. No, those cubes are not, they're not cheap, man. They do charge the phones real fast though. Well, good. Yeah. Great. That speaking of which I got to tell you my old phone, I was like tethered to the, like I always had to have like a, 
Like I'm the, I'm the guy that like, like if you go to somebody's house or if you go to the airport or if you anywhere or like at a bar or a restaurant, I'm like, cause my phone battery literally lasted like an hour and a half. So I was always like plugged in and my, like, it's not even a cell phone. It's just like a, a corded phone. I might as well have it at the house. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited about this new phone. Cause the battery scene, I mean, I've been using it all day and I got like 68% battery still, but I don't understand how they can sell you a product that you literally, they literally don't give you the the tools to charge it up. Right. I mean, at least you should, they should, they need to give you one of those things. Seriously. Like I'm buying this, but I can't, I can't use it. It's not a complete package. Dude. It's bullshit. I, it's been confused. So now I'm trying to relearn. I mean, the phone is the same. It's an iPhone. So it's just the same. I mean, it, everything, everything works the same. This is like, I, we probably don't even need to have this part in the recording. I just wanted to talk to you about phones. I the phone like, and it's a nightmare. Why is it so long? You go in there and it's like, okay, sit down. You're going to be here for three and a half hours. I'm like, why? Just give me a goddamn phone. Yeah. It was a whole process, man. When we went, it's, and it's just, it gets longer every time. It gets longer every time they, I was just thinking this tied into something else at work today, man. Just like, I feel like we're getting so much less efficient, even though our things are more efficient, but like, I don't know. I think, are we just becoming worthless like humans in? <laughs> Dude, that's, I mean, honestly, like you're talking about, I mean, technology, technology exists to give humans more leisure time. Right. Yeah. That's uh-huh. like, that's like the purpose of technology. But now we have so much leisure time that we're like, well, we better take back some of that leisure time. So getting the new technology has got to take, you know, eight days. And then, and, and then you got to go back in three times. And I'm like an old person now where I'm like, well, how, how do I, what do I do? I hate saying that shit. I hate going and saying, what do I do? Cause I like to be like, oh, I got it figured out. I'll figure it out. But now I'm just like, so what do I do about like all my pictures and my texts and my contacts. And they're like, you should have backed it up. I'm like, fuck you. What are you talking about? My mate, when she got her new phone, because signal, I guess, doesn't back up things or something. She was recording her dreams in signal. Oh shit. Really? She lost all of her recorded dreams. (laughs) Yeah. It's a weird deal. That's, that's weird, man. I don't get it. Which for me at first I was like, babe, I think that was my biggest nightmare. But then I was looking at it. I'm like, oh, you know, I don't ever really go back and read my dreams. Like the act of writing them down, like, Same. and it allows me to send them to you and to talk about them that day. But then once I've written them down and talked about them, it's like, oh, I kind of know them now and I could re- recount them. But, um, but yeah, uh, but it's time to this point of like technology is supposed to give us so much more leisure time, but we don't know how to do that as humans. No, we have to stay, we have to, now, you know, idle hands are the devil's playground. So we got to like keep ourselves busy. Just relax. Just chill. I think about it. At work. I mean, at work, we come up with all these new systems and all these new ways to like aggregate data. And we still work longer than ever. And now, now that we have more access to data, now we just want more views of it, more cuts of it, more. And we're just trying to keep ourselves busy all the fucking time. Dude, we, we, you and I were talking about this the other night, like that thing of staying busy. Have you counted up the ways to message a person that you have on your phone? Like the, like the number of apps that you have to send another person a message. 
And I talk to different people on all of them. Like I have, I have my people who I chat with on WhatsApp and then we have like, what, maybe like not joking. We probably have like 40 signal groups in between us and guests and at least and projects and solstice and all of that. And then we chat on teams with our, our group. And then you also have your, your, your messenger thing. And then people are hitting us up on Instagram and you got Facebook messenger signal, telegram, Slack. I have a couple of people who like to use Google chat, Google hangout thing. Jesus Christ. And I don't, what are we doing? I don't know, man. And you know what? I was even thinking the other day, I actually had a dream a few weeks ago with the word business in it. And I woke up thinking busyness. What? I was like, we actually call it busyness. Yeah, dude. You know, busyness. I don't know why I've never, I've never put that. Dude, that's dead on. Whoa. That kind of blew my mind a little bit. So we're like, oh yeah, I, I own, no, I own my own busyness. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which to be fair, like if you do own your own busyness, you do sometimes, you sometimes you get to like work your own hours and this, and you're controlling when you're busy and you're not, you, maybe, I mean, you usually get sucked into all of it still. And you actually work more than you think you do and stuff. Yeah. But, but that's what we do. We call it business, busyness. Dude, I that's I love that. I'm I never thought about that before. That came to you in a dream too. I love that. Yeah. And so ever since then I I sit there at work and be like, oh, oh yeah, this is just so we are busy and then we feel productive. And it works because there are days when like even if I'm doing like a pointless task, if I've worked a few hours and like put that together and done it. I feel like, oh yeah, I accomplished something. And I feel less like anxiety. I feel like, oh, I'm worth something at work. And dude, that worthiness thing keeps popping up for us, huh? Like you got to be worthy at work. You got to be like, oh, I, I did a hard day's work. I, I, I sent a lot of emails and I, I did a lot of checklists off my tasks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sorry. You look like you're about to say something. So I cut that short. Well, Oh, I just was smiling at you. <laughs> oh, well, hey, I'll smile right back. I was smiling. Because um, are we always just going to be dealing with worthiness shit? <laughs> I think so. I think it's I think it's the human condition, man. I, I, so. I was talking to a homie of mine today and his girlfriend who has never had any kind of religious sort of thing. She had a she had a pretty interesting conversation with him about just the concept of like, like if she's, if she's going out or if she's um, not busy or not like completing tasks, then she feels guilt. I mean, I mean, guilt and, 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 you know, lack of worthiness. I mean, they're all in that same kind of ballpark together, you know? And I just think there's something ingrained in us as humans of like, you have to be of value and you have to prove your value and show your value to other people to have it validated externally, or you are not worthy of continuing on being like part of our group or part of our tribe or part of like the human experience. Like it's weird, huh? It's weird. And I always blame my worthiness issues on Mormonism. I know same, but I'm, I'm feeling like it's a broader, I think it's a broader human issue. Like it goes back to like, the people in charge, like the like people who are in power are like, get back to work. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like do yeah. something with yourself, earn your keep. Yeah. There's something a lot more like archetypal about it than just the Mormon church, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, um, 
Man, I'm just sorry. I'm just I'm pausing for a minute. That's no, like, dude, pause on. Just thinking about worthiness stuff and like, because I realize that's just a core thing for me. And I know we talk about it a lot, but that thing that just, I want to, it's almost like I can't let something go until I know I'm okay. Does that make sense? Like, uh, yeah. Like, and, you know, I always tied it into like the repentance process in Mormonism where you never know if you fully repented or not. Um, and, you know, I remember an elders quorum instructor once being like, well, if you have any questions about that, go see the Bishop. And I'm like, well, question all, I'm going to be in the fucking Bishop's office every week of my life because yeah, yeah. I Multi- don't know. Like for multiple infractions, right? Yeah. Kind of like, oh, you know what you did if you have a question about it. Well, no, I don't. And no one, no one specifies it for me. But it's almost like this thing of like, I don't know. Let's just go here. With like the, we're separated from the mother. We're separated from the earth. We were once maybe part of the oneness that we experience a lot when we're using the mushrooms or meditating or we, we have moments where we feel that oneness where we all came from. And there's that like separation and we want to be separate. We want to live our own lives. We want to, we want to experience, we want to experience the other, right. And as an other, not as one, but then I think there's just almost like a fear that like, okay, will we, we, will we, are we okay though? You know, it's like that tie is severed. The cord is cut from the mother and but so why do we, why do we need to know if we're okay? Why well, was like, yeah, we, yeah, we, that's the whole purpose of this to be separated and to experience, you know? Yeah, I, I do. I want to dive a little bit deeper into that. Like for like, cause I, I hear you a little too loud and clear about that thing of like, I want to be okay. Mm-hmm. Like what, what is that? What, what, what does that mean for you? Like what, what comes up for you when you're saying I want to be, okay? I, I, I can't drop anything until I feel like I'm okay. Um, let me try to use an example, maybe like yeah, where the feeling is. The feeling is, okay. Let's say I even, I, I said something hurt someone's feelings or something. Right. I, I can't, it's something I can't just like let go of. I can't be like, Oh, you know, I have a guilt associated with it. So I'm like, Oh shit. I said this, I shouldn't have said this. Maybe I was talking behind someone's back and then they heard about it or something. And now I'm like, shit now. All right. That wasn't cool of me. I was very dickish to do. And it's like, until I go and apologize to them and the steps of repentance in a way. Yeah. It's like, I'm out that guilt. I'll hold on to that guilt. And so, but that one's more clear cut on something you can make restitution to. Cause then you can go apologize and like, look, man, we're cool. And like, okay, we can move, we can move on from this. But there are some things, I mean, uh, anything sexual growing up was, was part of that, right? Like, uh, pornography, masturbation. It's like, all right. Okay. I'm, I'm not gonna, I promise I'm never going to do that again. Um, Dude. Am I, am I okay though? Do I, or do I need to go tell my parents or the Bishop or, or can I let it go? Can I let the guilt go? So it's a similar feeling sometimes for me. And like, can I move on? Am I okay? To, it's almost like 
All right. Here's something that comes up in me. It's a weird deal. It's like feeling sorry intentionally versus like letting it go feels like it almost feels like cold hearted. Right. It feels like, yeah, it feels like I'm igniting like a fire or something that's like, oh yeah, no. Or like giving, cutting myself a break feels like I'm turning off an emotion Hmm. or am I activating a different emotion? You're probably activating a deeper emotion that's, that's unresolved, right? There's probably something because, yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, you used a, you used a pretty clear cut example where it's like you said a thing or you did a thing that hurt someone's feelings. And then you're like, okay, I'm sorry. I've got to apologize. I got to make restitution. I got to make it better. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But if I, if I like, if you're honest with me, could you like how many times in your life has someone hurt your feelings to the point where like, it's just un, it's unresolvable or you hold a grudge about it or you like anything more than just being like, Oh, I, it's fine. I get it. Like, like, you know, you, you let people off the hook pretty quickly and you forgive and forget kind of thing. How, how, I, I mean, the reason I'm asking is because I can probably name like, three times in my life where someone has done something so egregious to me where I'm like, listen, I, okay, cool. Like whatever. But like, we probably got to change the relationship. We got to change the nature of the relationship. Like that's what the, that's what the thing comes down to for me. Right. Uh It's like, it changes the nature of the relationship. And for me, it's only happened, you know, a handful of times. It happened for me with the Mormon church where I'm just like, okay, yeah. I got, I, I need some separation. I, I, you, you, you've, you've hurt me or, or, or you've hurt someone and I can't abide. I still do your thing and, and you got to, you know, continue to exist and do whatever. But yeah, as far as like individual people, shit, I can't even, I can't even off the top of my head. I can't even think of anybody who I've just like stayed so upset with that. I, I can't, I can think of an ex-girlfriend. And a friend like that I, that I used to have, and that's it. Yet I'm going around all the time thinking that every move I make or everything I've ever said wrong, or even just misspoke or, or, or the unspoken stuff that some, you know, something is like, like, for instance, I, I, I do a lot of checking in with my wife, which drives her crazy. Everything. Okay. Like, are we okay? Oh, are you mad at me? Like I do that. Fucking, it's, it's, it's nonsense. How frequently I do that. And my wife doesn't have that. Like she's, she's, I think the most mentally healthy person I know. Same. I I would agree with that. (laughs) I said her name again. Yeah. She's great. I mean, she just is, she's, she has some kind of internal thing. That's like, everything's fine. You know, and she, you know, that, that also causes some, you know, things where like, maybe she will say something that I'm like, man, did you mean that? Like that, maybe you didn't mean that, or maybe it was unintentional, but it kind of hurt my feelings. And she'll be like, get over it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because she's expressing how she approaches the the world. She's like, ah, it's not a big deal. You'll be fine. But I don't, I don't approach it that way back to her. You know, I'm constantly doing those check-ins and like worried about the, like, is there going to be a change to our relationship? Is there going to be, is this so egregious that I, risk losing you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, I like, like what, like, like what even kind of things like, Oh, one night I got more drunk than she did. And I'm like, Oh, did I, was I too drunk? I'm sorry. You know, just that kind of a thing. 
or I wanted to go to a thing that she didn't want to go to. And so I went anyway. I don't know, man, this is a weird conversational topic. I I'd like to dig really far into this. Cause I think it's like my very like deepest fear or, or, or yeah. issue. Well, and it touches on, I'm, well, I'm glad you mentioned the whole thing about the other people because <laughs> I do this all the time and, and or I, I'm the same way where it's like, I can't think of ones where I'm still holding on to like, Oh, I'm not going to do this until they apologize to me. Right. There is an element of like, I can think of some instances where the relationship has changed and it's me setting my boundaries and being like, no, okay, I get it. I'm uh, letting that go. We're all human. I can see the humanness in all of this. Yeah. But like, the way our relationship was before that's changed, you know, and until something happens, you know, but it's more of a, a boundary, but it's like, but I'm so hard on myself with it. Um, right. Yeah. And you know what it's tying into, and I don't know if I've discussed this before on the podcast, but I was, I wrote that paper in the, the first quarter um, where I was, I was tying in, my obsession with Star Wars and Lord of the Rings with my compulsion to confess, like yeah. the compulsions, right? Yeah. And one was this desire to adventure, to explore the universe, to live my hero's journey. But the other was this fear of like, oh, this fear, maybe it's, it kind of comes down to this fear of leaving the garden and don't, and getting dirty and, you know, like, um, or you even said it, there's something you said that kind of sparked that is the relationship changed, right? Like we've left the mother, we've left the paradise yeah. and we have a different set of, we're at a different state of consciousness where we know good and evil. Right. But like, that was such a pure quote unquote, like innocent space that it's almost like, okay, now we've come out here. We, we know good and evil. We feel dirty almost. And so is there any going back maybe, or any, or, or has our relationship forever changed with not only like the archetypal mother, but our own mother or our own spouse or, you know, like people in our life. Wow, man. I mean, I still feel like I'm circling around it. I can't get to like the core of it, but there's something there, right? Where it's like this fear, but it's almost like wanting to get rid of the fear, get rid of it, right? Like, I don't yeah. want to hold this anymore, but what if instead it's like, no, yeah, our, my relation, our relationships are changing and they're going to keep changing. They're changing all the time. And instead of worrying about them changing, and trying to keep them the same, it's like, no, let's, yeah, it's changing and let's change it in this way. And leaning into, leaning into the change, leaning into the adventure, leaning into, leaning into like walking away from the garden and not looking back. We don't want to go, we don't want to, we don't ever want to go back to the garden, man. But, but that's just it. I, I agree. Like we're saying this from our, from our headspace, we're, we're saying this from our brains, right? It's like, yeah. Like theoretically and, 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 and logically and philosophically, we're like, hell yeah, dude, we don't want to go back to the garden. We want to, we want to 
go explore, go on an adventure, have our own like sort of life, like have our own thing. And, and all we can do is, is live up to our own expectations. But I, I feel like this, like this fear of, I, you know, a lot of people have that like FOMO, like fear of missing out. Yeah. I don't have that. I do not experience that at all. In fact, really? yeah. if anything, I have hope of missing. Like I, a lot of times I'm like, I, I don't want to say, like, I realize that by saying hope of missing out creates a really bad acronym, but like, but I, but I really, I like, like when people cancel plans, I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, I got, I got nothing but like time. Like now I got, now I got my own space. Uh, but the opposite is like, if I cancel plans on people, I feel like I've, I've disappointed them. Like, I feel like my fear is fear of being ostracized or, or, or FOBO. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Like, I don't have FOMO. I have FOBO where I'm like, oh. I am constantly trying to do things to make sure that I still qualify to, to be part of the, the group. Like that I, that I've still of value of worth of use. And it's such a fucking exhausting feeling. Cause then you get ruminating about it and your brain just starts going through all sorts of weird shit. And meanwhile, if someone treated me the way I tr try to treat people, I feel like I would be like, wow, that guy makes me feel uh, like a million dollars all the time. Like, I, I feel like I have, a, I have a talent at making people feel like they're awesome. Oh, it's like it's a talent. I, I haven't seen it in anyone else to the degree that you do. <laughs> Th thank you. Like, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm a good friend. At, like, I'm a good person who's like, dude, we're awesome you're awesome. We're doing it. Like we're Everything's cool. But meanwhile, do I believe that about like, if I'm telling everybody else they're awesome, is it just like a projection of like, I wish somebody would tell me I'm awesome. Is that what I'm doing? Hmm. Like, I, sorry that this is going so no, low as me and, and, and like boo hoo, but like, dude, this is like the deep shit that I deal with. You know, I'm like, why am I so fucking worried? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm worried all the time. Yeah. I'm always worried. Huh. I'm worried always about, worried about that. Describe the worry. I'm always worried that I have done something irreparable. Hmm. Yeah. Same. You know, <laughs> and, 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 and by the way, intentionally, I don't think I would ever do anything irreparable. Even when someone's mad about like mad at me about their own bullshit. I'm still trying to like, let's figure this out. Let's work on it together. Let's do like, I'm, I'm, I'm like bending over backwards. Like I'm a, so, I'm a softy when it comes to that kind of shit. Yeah. But there's but something I, there though, right? Like there is definitely something there because honestly, like my, maybe that's a big problem too. Like my quickness to let people kind of walk on me or maybe take advantage of me. God, this is sounds like such a fucking tiny little violin that I'm playing here, but like my, my, yeah, I think we're all playing this violin. So keep like, that's what I'm saying. I want you to play the violin because I feel like we're all. Okay. This is, this is a universe. This is a very universal, at least for me, at least for me and you and who cares if anyone else. Like, yeah. I mean, that's what I, I mean, honestly, that's what I just want to, yeah. that's who I want to really get down. Cause I've never felt that way. Like I've like, honestly, Mike, there've been a couple of times where you and I have done a check-in with each other and it's always the fastest check-in and we both give each other what we know we need. Like we, we, we connect on that. We're soulmates on that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh -huh. Do you know what I mean? Uh -huh. But sometimes other people I'm like, say more homie. Like, 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 
like I'm asking if I've done something to offend you because you clearly are behaving toward me in a way that is different than normal. Like, like I, suddenly I'm feeling something like suddenly, suddenly I'm like, what, what, why is there a riff? Like what, why, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. You and I are so similar that like I can name like the one or maybe two times that we've been like, Hey, everything. Okay. And we're immediately like, Oh dude, why are you feeling that? Well, of course everything's okay. Both of us give that to one another. Right. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Rather than, Both rather same. than, yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> and then, there's, and then just continue being like kind of low energy. I'm like, fucking get, get, get energy up. Like yeah. you never, you have never done that. You are always so good about that. And I feel like I'm that way back to people. And sometimes people, I'm just like, where, why, why are you, why, what's going on? And, and it's because people are dealing with their own shit. Their minds are on something else. Maybe they had kind of like a rough day. Maybe they had a bummer of like bad news or maybe they're just, maybe they're tired. God knows. But it, man, it affects me in a big way, man. Big way. This is a big one for me. I mean, I've talked about it like where, that the first very, very first time I ever went to the temple, you know, you're dealing with all that what's happening here and I'm doing weird signs and shit and wearing funny hats. And this is not like the church that I was raised in. I'm so confused. Got back and was feeling for the, I mean, that's where I kind of pinpoint where it's like, this is where I started feeling this feeling of like, I've done something irreparable and I don't know what it is. And so like, I, in that moment, I mean, I was trying to confess all my sins. I was writing letters to places where like, you know, in, in, in that you didn't know that we met after our missions, right? Yeah. Cause that first right. year we would go and we would collect like orange juice carafts from Denny's and stuff. Like we would go to Denny's and we would steal the orange juice carafe, right. Or go to like A&W <laughs> root beer and still. <laughs> And still the root beer mug. So in our, in our apartment, we had like a, a Denny's orange juice carafe, you know, we had like the stuff, right. I'm like, Oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm feeling guilty because of that. And so I started writing letters to A&W and Denny's and attaching like a $20 bill. Oh my gosh. Really? (laughs) I was trying to do anything to feel like, what did I do? That's caused this rift, this irreparable rift, wanting it to go away. Right. Wanting to push it away. And I'm thinking, cause as we were talking about this, we were talking about, we don't, we don't want to return to the garden, right? We do, at that state. But the Mormon myth is that we do. We do. Of. Paradisical glory, baby. Like that's, yeah. that's the, that's the goal. That's the end game. Basically we're here just to get a body, dip our toes in and go right back up to paradise. Yeah, man. Good. It's You're like, hitting on something right now. Yeah. It's like a blip, right? And when we talk about that in Mormonism, like this earthly life, just hold on, hold on to the rod. Because if you look at eternity, this, it doesn't even register on the radar. Like any moment of time when you talk about eternity is just like, even if it's a billion years, it's just like, you know, it's over. Yeah. And so it's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. But really we just like, no, come down get a body, but like, don't experience life. Don't get, don't get your hands dirty. If you do clean them right, right away, you know, get baptized when you're eight and then don't like, and every week you got to be cleaning. You got to don't make another mistake. Yeah. Because eventually we want to go back to that paradise thing where we only feel good and happy all the fucking time. And I think that's a terrible myth, man. It's the same. It's the happily ever after myth that we were talking about with like Disney. And that's, I think that's one of the reasons why 
I mean, one day we're really going to get to the bottom of why Mormons love Disney so much, but this is an element of it. It's like, it's the same. It's this happily ever after myth of the temple and live for like live in paradise forever and no more problems. Um, So we're always, we're still searching that paradise, paradise. What's that word? Paradisical. Paradise. That's the right word. Yeah. That's from the, the, the articles of faith, right? Paradisical glory. Yeah. That's the only reason I know how to pronounce that word. We're still trying to search that paradisical glory um, where if I'm looking at the journey in the last few years, which psychedelics has helped tremendously with, it's that, is that really what we're seeking? Are we seeking to know more? Are we seeking to expand? Are we seeking to embrace the mystery of what is and feel all of it, feel all of the ups and the downs and the shame and the sorrow and the pleasure and, and, and be in it, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't want to go back to the garden. No, this is what we can make a paradise here, but the paradise isn't just like, we're all fucking blissed out and happy all the time. It's that we're experiencing the grand drama of human existence. Wow, man. All of it. Yeah. What, man, what a, what a trip. Like, I love the way you're, I love the way you're phrasing that of like the return to the garden or, or, or even returning to the womb or returning to the mother or returning in Mormonism, returning to the father, right? Returning back home. It's like, if everything's a blip, if, 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 if this mortal coil is a, in the, in the grand scheme of eternity, it's like almost, almost senseless. I mean, almost like not even worth our time because we've got, we've got infinity to figure it all out. Mm -hmm. Then we are kind of, we, we are kind of doubling down on that. Gosh, it's on the, I'm certain it's on the tip of my tongue, but we're, we're kind of doubling down on that concept of like, there really is no, there really is no growth. There really is no new ground being broken. There really is no new experiences because the idea is to be born, be a child, become an adult, and then return to almost like a childlike innocence, but with like, like knowledge of like fucking like history and math. <laughs> like, like, like really? Like that's what we're, that's what we're doing. Well, now you know how to, now you know what a body feels like, even though maybe you were born for like a day and then you died like, Oh, but you, at least they came and got their body, you know, they they experienced, no, they didn't. (laughs) Oh, that body got, listen, God's all powerful. He got a lot of tricks up his sleeve, but he can't get past that one fucking terms and conditions about like, you got to get that flesh and blood body. Like you need bones. Like, (laughs) what are you talking about? You need bones? You need bones for eternity. Yeah, it's essential, but not blood. I guess maybe. It, it, isn't there a thing where it's like you don't have blood in the in the flesh kingdom? Shit, dude. I don't know the answer to that. I, I, mean, I think I can't, this is the I can't imagine we have blood. Well, I don't think so. I think I think according to Mormon legend, maybe this is the you know the you get into like those seminary teachers that really like to get into it, and they like. Oh yeah, for sure talking about how no our blood is replaced with something else that's why that's why we don't deteriorate in the that's why we can live forever the blood makes us like 
Oh, so blood's the problem, man. Well, that's a fucking problem, man. I mean, you look at it, you take out the blood and put in like formaldehyde or whatever, and you, you, you're like, like you're stiff forever, man. Like, yeah. What's up with that? Hold up. Wait, I, th- we're on, we're in new ground here. What, what would happen? Like when Jesus came back after ascending into heaven and like, he was all resurrected, like he couldn't let anybody touch him. Right. Remember that? Like, don't touch me. Cause I haven't like taken on my final form or, or something like that. Yeah, uh-huh, he did. Yeah. Uh-huh. But then when he went to the Nephites, he's like, yeah, dude, come on up here and feel the, feel the holes in my hands and wrists. Touch me. So good. So he still got, he still got flesh and bone. Cause the, you know, the bone provides a structure for the body and the, I mean, I assume like he's got like musculature, but no blood. So blood is our big problem. Blood is the issue. And that's why, he and that's why it's so out, important man. that Jesus spilled his blood for us or, or whatever. He spilled it all out. So now it's like, no, you don't have blood anymore. And yeah, it's a big issue. It's a big God issue. Damn man. blood, man. <laughs> so like, not only because when you were talking about it, it sparked something in me that was like, that's why we're also not comfortable with the cycles in Mormonism too. That's right. It's not a cycle. Life isn't a cycle. Life is like a blip and then a permanence. It's like this one little like blip in all of eternity. It's like everything before, everything after, and you had this one little earth existence that determined it all. But if you think of it, no, like an expansion of consciousness and death and rebirth and growth and change and evolution. And then it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Change, change is not only okay, it's inevitable. And that's what, so what's going to happen and, and nothing's permanent. There's no permanence, right? Yeah. It's just change. And that makes you oh, more okay with the change, but I think we have a hard time changing because we've always been grasping this iron rod of permanence. Man, you know, you're, you're kind of making me, you know, it's funny. Like you're giving me all this stuff to think about and listen, I know, I mean, I've met a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are like super duper smart, like way smart. You know what I mean? Like they can talk about like, when we're talking about like smart, I'm talking about like they understand philosophical concepts and they understand like scientific stuff and they, they get into like deep kind of, kind of, kind of cool shit. Like you and I are just kind of like a couple of boneheads or we're like, we're like saying is blood important in the resurrection? Like we're like, you know, it, it's fine. But it's, <laughs> it's also like, it's like, okay, so this life is a test. You're just dropped into it and there's some, you know, kind of old creepy guy in the corner who's like whispering the, like the answer to number three is B. And you're like, well, okay, wait, do you want me to know this material or what, what do you, what do you want me to do here? Like what, B, what are you even talking about? I just got here. I don't even know I'm taking a test, <laughs> you know? And I don't even know that, that guy's the smartest one in here or if he knows all the answers. He's, he's certainly not the fucking person who wrote the test he's person he's he's not the guy who like is administering the test or wrote the test and he has it's horrible just some breath guy too. it's just some guy some guy with horrible breath man <laughs> yeah some bad breath old man is telling you like the answer is you know b you're like what's the fucking quiet what do you what's the i don't even know what the question is yet 
And that's a really bad example for, for a bigger concept where it's like, okay, so I'm, I'm meant to at eight years old, get baptized at 12 years old, get the priesthood at 19 years old or 18 years old, go on a mission at 21 or 22 years old, get married. And it's just cruising. It's just smooth sailing from there. You've, you've passed the test. Mm-hmm. Those first 25 years, you know, that's where it's important. Like, that's where you figure your shit out. Yeah. It's like, well, I, after 25, I got more information and kind of learned more. And I'm, I'm thinking that this test is a, is a fake. It's a fraud. You're done These questions 20- don't even make sense. Yeah. <laughs> and you're done. You're done at that point. It's like, now it's just like, yeah, you've checked all the boxes, man. Yeah, and it's not even there's not even enough information on the test. Like it's like question number 17 is like A plus B equals 17. Solve for B. You're like, I don't I I, I don't have enough information here. You just said A plus B equals 17 and old bad breath guys like, "Oh, the answer is C." You're like, "Based on what?" <laughs> You know, I think like the I'm answer could be anything. Here. The answer it could be anything. Fuck, dude. But it is the answer. That's the, that's. The, but that's the answer. And if you put, and by the way, the results of this test dictate your entire future—not only your future, but eternity. Like, if you do bad on this test, that you have no information for, and they're not even giving you enough like shit to solve for B on the test, is like, well. Yeah, you made your choice. You, you, you're done. You're you're toast, man. You should have listened to the old man in the corner. Like I didn't even know who that old man was. I never met him. Who was that guy? <laughs> Seriously, it's such a fucking weird concept. And meanwhile, we got we got to this point from you and me talking about some like real like deep seated anxieties and 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 mental health things that we that we have that I think that a lot of people probably have. Mm-hmm. And it's like we're just trying to fucking learn what we can so that we can know it, not so that we can pass some tests just so that we can know it and get experience and do better and maybe improve and maybe like, you know, build upon our experience. But it's just like, nah, dude, you fucking, who cares about that? Just take the test. Like once you get the test done, you'll be good to go. I don't get it. I do not. I I'm, I'm confused right now. I'm confused. Well, and what about blood? What about blood? What about <laughs> yeah. blood? I mean, thinking about the test though, like, um, I mean, I remember, and maybe this ties into a lot of it because I remember when, I don't know if I've shared in the podcast before when it was that like, so I moved out here to California. We were out here for a year. My mate wasn't wearing her garments and, uh, she hadn't worn her garment. It was a heat wave here in California, but she still wore her garments in the heat wave. You need to wear your garments all the time. and. After like a week, she's like, are you going to ever ask me why I'm not wearing my garments? I'm like, yeah, but I, I knew. I, I just was terrified to hear the answer. It's just right? the answer is so scary, right? Yeah. And so when she said, I no longer believe it, that was the first time when I was like, but babe, we've, we've passed the test. What do you mean you don't believe it? Like we've checked all the fucking boxes. We know that we've solved for B, that we, we've done everything that old fucking man's told us to do. Yeah. We've gone to the temple. We have our covenants. We know celestial kingdom. Our future permanence is 
uh, everything's in store for us. It's, it's our calling election is made sure in a way, as long as we stick to it. Right. And then it's like that fear of like, holy shit, I don't know what the future looks like. Yeah. And I remember that night was one of those first nights where it was like the future, my future was uncertain in Mormonism. It felt so certain all the time when I was on my mission or I didn't know how long I would live on this earthly plane, but I knew if I died in a fiery bus crash, saving school children, <laughs> saving children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In Brazil, I would still, I knew the permanence of it, you know? And, but it's one of the first times when I was allowing myself to feel the fear of that instead of the shame that I was trying to feel instead of the fear, maybe. Yeah, dude. You know, so yeah, instead, of, dude. Yeah. instead of that fear of the unknown, I was being like, no, what's wrong with me? Feel the shame. How can I, how can I get back to the state where I know, where I know? And you're never going to know. There's always going to be the fear of you never, you don't know. We're, we're in this, man. There's no, we don't know what happens after this. We don't know about, there's nothing permanent. There's nothing, we're in it. And it's, that's always going to be fucking scary. And we're never going to get to a spot where we're like, oh, oh yeah, I have no fear. No, we're always going to have that. And so I think instead of feeling the fear, we like to like, oh, what's wrong with me? How can I, we're just so used to feeling the shame instead of the fear. Wow. Maybe. (laughs) No, you're dead on, dude. Just but thinking I, about, I'm just thinking about that. Sorry, this doesn't make for good radio. I'm, I'm just thinking about what you're saying. So, so what that brings up for me, like if I go back to my shitty example of this, of this problem on the test, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, A plus B equals 17, solve for B. And the old man says, well, B equals 12. It's like, all right, B equals 12. That means that A equals five. And I got 17. But that's only if A equals five. And, and all, you, all you know is that the old man told you that B equals 12. But the, actual, the actuality is that B could be negative infinity to positive infinity. It could be any combination. It could be any number, anything in the whole history of numbers. And then A would accordingly, you know, match up. And so it's like, okay, we left the church. So now we're not only rethinking what our answer, we're not, now, now we're rethinking not only what is the possibility of B, but we're also thinking what's the possibility of A. And it's like, shit, man, there is an infinity amount of answers to that question. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's what, and I'm just trying to figure it out what works for me. And like, I, you plug anything in, plug, plug whatever you want in. Like, you know, yeah, and B could be negative 6,042. Who cares? And maybe I don't even want to be doing this fucking math problem, old guy. Also, you ever think of that? Yeah, I don't want to be taking the test anyway. <laughs> like, what if I just like lived my life instead of trying to figure out what it all meant, you know? Because maybe that's the meaning of it all, right? It's the... We're here to live our stories, to live our experience, to live in it. And if we're too caught up on why and what, like we're not in it. Yeah. It's there's there as many 
lives that have existed on the earth, there's that many ways to live life. We might think that some did it right. We might think that some did it wrong, but who God knows, who knows? It's never been done before. Like doing it as Mike has never been done before. Never been you're done. the first, you're the first and only to ever do it as Mike. So and you're, you're, with apologies to all my Mike homies out there. I know there's a lot of mics out there. I got, you know, I'm just saying this specific Mike, if you know, I want to be like Mike. Yeah. No kidding. Like that <laughs> Mike did it pretty good. Right. Hey, Mikey, he likes it. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like, uh, what did Jay-Z say? He's like, I'm liable to go. Michael, take your pick. I don't know that one. Jackson, Tyson, Jordan, game six, like naming all the mics. Anyway, I'm too, I'm I'm too, I'm too white for that. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not too white to listen to Jay-Z, man. <laughs> no, the same. I, I just grew up. I just, I don't know. You know me. No, I know. I'm just kidding. I'm more like uh, Broadway musicals. Um. <laughs> Dude, I'll get down with some Broadway too. Like, I know you, you will. You and I, I have sang some major Les Miserables together. Um. Shit, I was gonna say something. I had something. I know. I'm sorry. I pretty no, you didn't. I um. Oh, it's interesting because you're talking about that, and it's interesting. This came up in a therapy session a few weeks ago, where I was talking about my therapist. She's really big on kind of like the letting go technique, right? So when you're feeling certain emotions, it's like you know, there's a method out there called the Sedona method. We could probably talk about that sometime on the podcast, but it's like, I actually don't know much about it other than it's like the Sedona method, Sedona method, someone. Okay. But basically it's a letting go method where you in, you welcome the feeling and then you, you, and then you ask, can I let it go? And sometimes you're like, oh yeah, okay. I can let it go. And sometimes it's like, nope, I can't let this go. Okay. Then when, you know, and you kind of do this exercise of like, but anyway, you're opening yourself up to the feelings. You're feeling the emotions. You're not repressing them or projecting them or, you know, you're, you're feeling them, but you're also letting them go. But I was talking about fear and I was like, I can't just let fear go. I mean, a lot of fear was coming up for me in that session. And I mean, it does all the time. And she mentioned something that was pretty cool. And I think ties into this. It's like, and you were already hitting on it. Like there's only been this version of Mike. It's like, well, that's where studying myths and stories and placing yourself on your mythic story helps with the fear because yeah, you can't let go of the fear, but you can say, oh, right now I'm in the belly of the beast. And I know that I will get out of the belly. I mean, that's just the archetypal nature of the journey, right? You're, you're in it, you're in the belly for a while, and then you're going to get out. And then you're going to meet the wise old man. And then you're going to, you know, fall in love with the, the princess. But then something else is going to happen and the sickness is going to happen. You know, you're, you're placing yourself on your own story. Like, where are you at on your own story? And giving yourself that perspective and seeing your life as a mythic journey of experience. Now it's like, Oh, why are we even talking about like purity? <laughs> you know, or like, yeah, dude. it's like, no, you don't, you don't like look at 
Luke Skywalker and wonder, oh yeah, but is he is he gonna get be able to go back to Tatooine and you know live on the farm the rest of his life? Like, or yeah, man, Luke's got to get back to uh, Uncle Uncle Owen. Owen, goddamn, yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> got to yeah. get back to Uncle Owen, man. No, man, Uncle Owen's gone, bro. Yeah, I sure hope uh, Frodo gets back to the Shire and just like um, is able to dance his merry way the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, Frodo, stop worrying about the ring and head back to the Shire, bud. Which is why the scouring of the Shire is one of the coolest like chapters in the whole like uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy is because he goes back. You, you can't go back. He He goes back home, but you can never go back home. And so... I don't know, seeing your story as a mythic story, an archetypal story, you're living a journey. And so fucking live it, you know? Yeah, man. And really live it, you know, not like. (sighs) One more thing. I can't tell you were going to say something, but let me finish this. It's like almost. So my company has this website where it talks about like your retirement and call it total rewards. And they add up all the benefits they're giving you. So, Oh, we're paying you this, but really it's worth this. And it has a little graphic of a car. Oh man. It's going along this line. That's like a straight line, the straight and narrow line to death that we're all on. And it's like, Oh yeah. By you are now 42 years old by this, by this time you should have saved this. And it's like the gap between what I should have saved, quote unquote, <laughs> and what I have saved because it's very small. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, oh, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not on this line that we pathed out for you. That slowly you're gonna just march in this car and you're gonna die. Wow. And it's like that's a fucking boring story, man. <laughs> like that's what I'm here to do is go in like with the busyness. And worry about the next iPhone upgrade and like, oh yeah, I'm going to get, I'm going to upgrade my iPhone and uh, be busy all day. And, and then one day, yeah, I'm going to die. And that car is, and I hope I've saved enough till then. So then I can golf for a few years, maybe before yeah, I die. Seriously, dude. <laughs> like, oh, golf in Arizona. <laughs> but if I don't save, I'm not going to be able to afford that uh, condominium in Arizona where I'm going to, you know, like what fucking story is that, man? Honestly, the story of most, people i think that's why i admire that's why i admire uh people who live like there are people and we've come across them that they just live life on their own terms do you know what i mean yeah Uh uh-huh they're they're not in the they're not in the mix like they're not on checking out their true rewards and their little fucking car that goes along the path yeah they're like who what whose path is this i want to do something cool i want to try a new thing i want to change what I do for money. I like, they just do, they just, they just are, they just be, they just, yeah. they, they just be themselves and come what may, whatever comes along. I mean, I've, we, I've met people like that and they're fucking dope. Yeah. But you know, you're not the only one in that little car, Mike. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I know. You got a legacy to protect. You got, you got people that rely on you, you know, you got loved ones and that's, that, I guess that's that gets into the trappings, but it's like, what if I can't even, I can't even say this. Like, it, it's just like, what if our life was the adventure, the mythic quest that you're talking about? What if it was on our terms? 
I see people that do that. I've, I've got a good old friend who, who is that person. Shout out to you. If you're listening to this, I know you're listening, but there, I, I mean, he, his life is his own and he lives life on his own terms and he's uncompromising when it comes to the things that he values. I mean, he'll, he'll compromise. Of course he'll compromise to like, you know, get along, go along to get along, all kinds of, but he does not compromise on the things that he values most. And he's the most um, admirable person that I know other than you. And I just, I don't know. I, I, I it, man, this is a fucking bummer, dude. Let's, let's get not a back bummer. This is no, this is, this is inspiring me, man. This is not a bummer. I mean, it can be a bummer too. Um, <laughs> well, it becomes a bummer because then you get into like, you know, any, anyone who works any kind of job knows that like, like you'll have a bad, like, you know, shit will happen or someone will be dissatisfied or someone will say a thing or what, you know, whatever. And it like bums you out, you know? Yeah. You'll get an email. Like, this is my favorite thing to talk about. You'll get an email (laughs) that will bring up those like the fear that we've saved for, I've told this story before, but it's like the fear that we've saved up in our, like, in our like ancestral human DNA. Like the thing that got us to the evolved point that we're at right now that created Doug and Mike talking on a fucking computer screen to each other. Like that, that fear that we reserved for like, Oh shit, a tiger is attacking me. I I'm very in danger right now. Meanwhile, I can get an email that makes me feel that kind of fear from the, like, if I get an email from the right person with the right message, I, there might as well be a tiger coming out of the screen from that email. That's going to pounce on me, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm getting, I got to scramble to check out, you know, check on what's going on on their question from the email and have an answer for them. And we got to do this. And it's like, we're exhausting ourselves with, to quote Mike, busyness uh-huh. about shit that does not matter at all at all and what a boring story man if you were being chased by a tiger that's a story hell yeah, yeah. dude let me go tell my friends around the campfire like dude this tiger came at me and i was like i i uh, you know my adrenaline started rushing and i got scared and i was like jumping up a tree and i was climbing and i was di- dipping yeah. and dodging and you're telling your friends around the campfire and they're like Dude, what a fucking story, bro. You did it. Congrats. You're back here. Here, Have some food. Dude, that's a story to tell, man. Meanwhile, I'm going home telling my wife, I'm like, I got an email today. And she's like, <laughs> I don't, I, I get emails every day. Who fucking cares? But did you pick up the milk on the way home? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she doesn't even want to hear that story, man. <laughs> no, she don't want to hear about that. She's like, well, I asked you to stop by and get milk and bread and eggs. Did you do it? And I'm like, I forgot. I was thinking about that email. Uh, <sighs> can I read a little bit that I've never, we don't really do this on the podcast much to read, but like, I feel like there's something I read this week that ties in so well to this. So I've been Jesus. reading for school, this book called the enchanted life. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. By Sharon Blackie. And it's dope. It's, it's kind of talking about what we're talking about with, um, restoring re-enchanting life. Fuck yeah. Right? So it's going to be like a three minute read, but you can bear with me for that. Right? Okay. 
So she says, just, just as it was to me as an adolescence, then change can be threatening or frightening. And so maybe um, uh, she talks about this end of history of, of illu- illusion, where it's like, we always feel like we, in the present, we finally arrived. We finally reached that point where we're not going to change anymore. We've arrived. And so she says, she calls it the end of history illusion, where we always feel like we've, we're finally there. She said, maybe, so maybe the end of history illusion is simply a way of protecting ourselves from the anxiety that anticipated change can generate. Because of that anxiety, so many of us embrace change only when we have to, when we are diagnosed with a life-threatening illness or with anxiety or depression, when we are divorced or lose a loved one in some other way. But we can also embrace change when we see something we want badly, when we see a light shining in the distance, which encourages us on. When we climb to the top of one mountain range and see another one in the distance and wonder what is beyond. I believe the enchanted life is something worth wanting badly, something worth risk, something worth the risk of changing for. Here in the West, so many aspects of our lives are aimed at protecting us from risk and change. I'm just thinking of the fucking car in that, man. Same, dude. <laughs> I'm, I was about to say that. I didn't want to interrupt. Yeah. <laughs> and instead, establishing a state of what we imagine to be permanence. We manage the minute details of our lives so that we can stay safe, which usually means staying put. We embrace repetition and routine and busyness. I guess fucking business. Yeah. Why do we have, like, we call it a, uh, we call it a nine to five. Like that, like there's nothing, right. there's nothing more like, okay, here's the parameters and the, and the boundaries of your life. It's nine to five. Like, what the nine fuck? And uh, everyone's working for the weekends, which we've designated as two days. <laughs> not three or four or one two two days yeah. is the weekend and all, if you're mormon it's like half five a day days for the man in, in mormonism it's like half a day because like uh, you can't even do anything cool on sunday it's like one day right. <laughs> like what could, what cool thing can you do like if, if you're not breaking the sabbath yeah i mean we can't we, do anything sorry cool. keep reading we no can we can't on. do anything cool but like then you have to spend saturday preparing Saturday is a special, special day. day. It's the it's day, day we get, we ready, get ready for, for Sunday. Sunday. Does that say we brush our teeth and comb our hair? I think so. Is that the words? I hope we fucking do that on a Saturday. Well, you don't have to comb your hair, but brush your teeth. God damn it. Like that's the day you reserve for <laughs> brushing your teeth and combing your hair. You fucking dirty. <laughs> I think that's what they say, right? Yeah. Uh, no um, wonder they got bad breath. <laughs> They're brushing their teeth once a week. Right. <laughs> I think we're misquoting. It can't. That song cannot say we comb our hair and brush our teeth. It, it can't. Well, there is a song that says that. I think that is that song, though. I think it, there's no way it says we comb our hair and brush our teeth on Saturday. So we can get ready for Sunday. <laughs> you better fucking do. You better fucking brush your teeth on Sunday, too. You know, like that's what I'm saying. Like, why put it in the song? You should do that twice a day. What do you mean Saturday? Yeah, duh. I, it's a day. Dude, it reminds me of this. I had this He-Man toy as a kid where it's like you pushed it and it's like it was a He-Man toothbrush. Oh, hell yeah. And I am He-Man. And it's like, oh, he did this quote. It was like, uh, brush your teeth twice. So your teeth will shine. And the ma- oh, I forget. I can't do it. But like, dude, I don't know why it reminded me of Masters of the Universe because that was an epic thing, I guess. You know, brushing oh, he man, man. What we've never talked about. I mean, we've talked about some nerdy shit on this podcast. We talk about Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Marvel, you know, comic books, all kinds of. 
I don't think we've ever talked about He-Man. He-Man is dope. No, He-Man was my, he was my myth as a child, I guess, man. Same, bro. Like, because it was like that thing of like this ordinary normal guy, Adam, Adam, uh-huh. Prince Adam. If he puts the sword together, what was he like to put the sword together or something like that? Reality, light in the dark, man. Said hi, yeah, light in the dark sword, and I have the power. Like, what a great message for kids! Like, embrace the light and the dark, put them together, and say, "I have the power." It's like, hell yeah, bro. He man, nope. I mean, and that turns your cringer into a battle cat, man. Wait, hold on. What was the cat's name? Cringer. Cringer. Yeah. It was Cringer, and he he he's flashed the sword at him, and he turns into Battle Cat. Dude. All right, let me finish this. Yeah, sorry. But when we insist on permanence, what's what we're fucking talking about? The holding on the iron rod, right? When we cling tight to what we know. Jesus. When we we resist change, refuse the journey, we are in a very real sense refusing life. Life is an act of creation, of ongoing transformation. The world changes with every cycle of the seasons. We change with every cycle of our lives, and from birth through adolescence to adulthood and finally to death. And perhaps in the end, clinging to permanence is a way of protecting ourselves against death, an impossible feat, but one which we blindly pursue anyway. Change is possible, and change is life. Wow pretty fucking dope right <laughs> dude that is dope like it's it's pretty crazy that that's what you're reading right now and that's what we're i mean we had no topic for tonight we never do but i just i it, it always works out we started talking about phones and the phone's tied in perfectly but we were <laughs> somehow yeah dude yeah I, I if people even get the phone are we going to keep that phone part? i think we need to because then it ties in perfectly <laughs> yeah man wow but and i think that's where we as mormons feel it more than like maybe other people i know there's this i mean Mormons didn't design my corporate website. That's like, uh, you know, marching to the end. So it's, it's in our culture, but clinging to the iron, iron rod, resisting change for permanence. That is the Mormon story. That's what we, I mean, it's in not only embedded in us, it's that answer we've been given our whole fucking lives by the old man or whatever old man's taught us that. Whoa. Yeah. Dude. You just that just tied into the book I just finished, man. Wow, what's that? So the dude, the dude is making the point about um, I'm not gonna recommend the book, I'm not gonna say the name of the book, but the the dude's making the point that like shit, I guess I'm gonna so America, America accidentally is like this superpower in the world. And he, he makes the point that like concepts of like uh, manifest destiny and American exceptionalism and that kind of stuff, that these are myths that have been fed to us to like, to keep us in line, like to keep us holding to that rod that you're talking about or staying in that little car. Because he talks about how, you know, America is this very interesting uh, study in something that never existed before, which was the government's just like, okay, everybody. We got all this, we got all this land, go, go get some land, you know, go get yourself (laughs) some land and credit to, I mean, credit to our ancestors who, who had that pioneer spirit. Like they, they were like, fuck yeah, we're going to go get some land. And so they went and got themselves a little parcel of, you know, whatever, 40 acres, 20, whatever it was. 
And it's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to settle down on this land. We're going to plant crops. And then within eight months, we're going to have a crop that we can use to feed ourselves and barter or sell or trade for other goods, you know? Yeah. And that created wealth. It created a middle class. Like the whole book's about this concept of a middle class that holds the tension between like this feudal system and between like royalty and the peasantry. Mm. And suddenly there's something in between that. That's this kind of this concept of middle class. That's like, okay, well, I'm not rich enough to, to live like royalty. I'm I'm not rich enough to have, you know, own, you know, gold and land and people and all that kind of stuff. But I'm also not so poor that I don't know where my next meal is going to come from. I don't, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to survive. I'm, I'm rich enough. That's the whole point of this thing is like the middle class creates this concept of I'm rich enough that it creates uh, people adhering to the status quo. Mm. It, it, it creates people like, like you and me who maybe we, maybe we would get so fed up with the politics or the politicians that, that rule, that govern left, right, center, whatever they are, we would get so fed up with them that we would revolt and overthrow the government. But we don't because we got just enough that's too much to lose. We have mm. we have just enough that it's too much to risk. And that's your little car. And that's why your little car, no matter what, is gonna say, Oh, you just need a, you need to go a little further to catch up, bro. Like you need to, you need to like try a little bit goddamn harder and you can get there. And you and I, we we see that and we're like, Yeah, I got a lot to lose. So I better stay in line. I better stay on this little path and keep the car going, right? Have we done all we can do? Have I done all I can do <laughs> to be worthy of yeah. God's grace? Or, or is there always a little bit more that I could do to be worthy of that? And so it always keeps me locked in to that. Yeah, dude. Like, and that's why in the old days we were promised mansions in heaven, like mansions next to my father. But nowadays we all fucking live in mansions comparatively, like if you live yeah. in a condo, if you live in a one bedroom apartment, you live in a fucking mansion, comparatively speaking. Yeah. So who cares about Jesus and his mansions, <laughs> but we just want a bigger mansion. We want a bigger house. We want a bigger car. We want a faster car. We want a cooler thing. We want like, it, it's just enough to keep us wanting that we won't revolt and, and, and eat the rich and overthrow, mm. overthrow our kingdom, overthrow our, our, our lords. And consuming things like new phones instead of consuming the rich and the, you know, that's right. Consuming. The distraction of consumerism, baby. Like we got to keep, we Shit. are consumers. Shit. Like, think about that phrase consumers <laughs> to, <laughs> to, con, to be, to be one who consumes is to be a consumer. It's like, fuck dude. And that's what, I mean, we toss that around. Oh yeah. Consumer spending consumers and this and the consumers. The consumer like, data says this, the CPI index, like it's like Jesus Christ. We're all, we have our business channel to talk about the consumers. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um, yeah. I want to wrap this up. I have to pee. Yeah. Let's just wrap it up, baby. Can I pee just real quick? Yeah, I'll hang.
Okay. Sorry. I like, I just really need to. <laughs> All right, listeners. Uh, this probably will be cut out, but while Mike is taking a pee, I'm going to look up the words. I'm going to Google the words to that fucking song. Cause there's no way that it says we brush our teeth. I'm just remembering it wrong. I got like the Mandela effect going on right now. Saturday is a special day. Okay, here we go. Y'all ready for this? Saturday. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was wrong, I think. Saturday is a special day. It's the day we get ready for Sunday. We clean the house. We shop at the store. So we won't have to work until Monday. We brush our clothes. Brush our clothes. What fucking pioneer wrote this? We brush our clothes. We shine our shoes and we call it our get the work done day. Then we trim our nails and we shampoo our hair so we can be ready for Sunday. So, uh, you know, apologies to whoever wrote this. Rita Robinson wrote the song. Um, It does not mention that we should brush our teeth on Saturdays. However, I do have issue with a couple of things. First of all, we do all this shit. We're, we're basically creating Saturday as this thing that continues to make us work. Like we have to continue working. You work Monday through Friday, and then you got to spend Saturday working. You know, you got to, tr- you got to get the work done. It's called the get w- the work done day. You know, you got to brush your clothes and shine your shoes and shop at the store and clean the house. It's like the distraction of, Oh, Hey, you're back. <laughs> I had the thing up over the window. Sorry. Oh, but it's like, it's the day that, so Mormonism is, is basically saying, Okay, Sunday's day of rest. You're you and by day of rest we mean go to church and then like take a walk in nature. That's the two things that you you're allowed to do on Sunday. Saturday you got to do a shitload of work. Like you got to get to work. Like keep yourself busy because then Monday through Friday you got to go back to your job so you can make money for your family. Like this is fucking culty stuff. Like this is like okay, yeah. we got to distract the masses that we have to distract the consumers with shit to do every single day. Like, so every day we feel the obligation to do something. And once in a while, I, it's not a, it's not the day of rest. I'm talking about that day of rest is not a day of rest. Mm-hmm. It's a day of like, I mean, ask any Bishop, it's no day of rest, but it's like, we have to try so hard to fill our lives with busyness, busy work, stuff to do that we're never allowed to actually often go walking in meadows of fucking flowers. And oh, what is, I do like that song. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, dude, it's, it's all a fucking hoax, man. Go walking. Humans are too, humans as a collective are too fucking powerful and scary. And so power said in order for us to make sure we stay in power, we got to, make them feel obligated to do shit all the time. So they're too, so they're too busy to do anything cool. You know what, Doug, though? You're, you're due for an upgrade. That's what I'm saying, man. (laughs) And I, I mean, I'm, I'm as, I mean, I'm the fucking king of this castle. I, I went and got the phone and was like, hell yeah, new phone, bro. Let's do it. Let me download signal, you know? (laughs) I couldn't be more happy with where we've gone in this episode. Um, there's one thing I want to wrap it back up before we close it. By the way, thank you for the going off. Thank you for that. <laughs> I for heard what? part of it while I was peeing and I came back and. Oh, I just was, I was just, I was just having a personal chat with the listeners, bro. I, you know, 
I felt like I felt a little bit of FOMO, but I feel like I've <laughs> <laughs> But I think it ties into this feeling of good enough, right? Or like um the one we were talking about before of like, have I done enough? Am I good enough? Like, can I let stuff go? Good enough for fucking who? For like your corporate boss who's telling you about the little car going, you know, to death for the church telling you to cling to the iron rod, to stay small, to stay safe, to, to stay busy. What if it's like embracing the fear that like, you know what? I'm never going to fucking know if I'm what good enough. Like I'm just going to go live my adventure, live my myth, live my life and reclaim that power for me. Um, knowing that there's always going to be a fear there always it's never going away. Damn. And, you know, but that fear is also that same fear that, I mean, to get, to keep the, the nerdiness going that Frodo felt, you know, when he's leaving Rivendell and he's like, I don't know the way to Mordor or like, I will take the ring to Mordor if you will show me the way kind of like I'll, I'm out, you know, and traveling through the misty mountains and, and facing spiders and Shelob and everything. Right. Oh yeah. Dude. Or when, Luke comes back and says, I will go with you to Alderaan. I want to learn the ways of the force and become a Jedi like my father. Hell yeah. There's fear in that statement, right? But there's like excitement. I think that fear and excitement are the same feeling. And sometimes we want to get rid of the fear and then say small and travel in this car to death, to nowhere, you know, like, whoa. And I know like, I'm not the one to be preaching this. Cause like right now, like I feel like I have too much to lose. Damn. I mean, I think I'm starting to live my adventure, but there's a fear that keeps me, I think from fully living it, you know, you just kept using a word that it's, it's like, it's digging into me. You keep saying enough. You're saying good enough. Do I have enough? Uh, do I, am I smart enough? Am I good looking enough? Do I have enough money? It's never enough. Enough. Like the word enough is so weird because think about that. The only time that I've ever been told that's enough is when I'm in trouble. You know? Yeah. Like the only time I've ever been told that's enough, like that I've got enough. It's when my mom is tired of me and my brother, like goofing around or horsing around or playing grab ass. That's enough. That's the only time I've ever heard that something is enough. Like even, even if like someone's putting fresh ground pepper onto your salad, you don't even say enough. You just say, when you say the word, when, <laughs> when, like an idiot, you sit there and go, when, when, <laughs> like the only time I've ever been told that I'm enough or that that's enough is when I'm in trouble. Everything else is never enough. Not good enough. Not enough money. Not mm. enough, uh, not smart enough, not strong enough, not, 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 not skilled enough. It's never enough. Not righteous enough. Yeah. That's fucking weird, bro. That is weird. It's kind Dude, of, I've said bro a lot. That's, that's new bro. in my, that's new in my vocabulary. I'm just like going bro a lot. Just Yeah. Embrace that, man. Dude, I'm back to, I'm back to 15 year old Doug rocking the Chrysler LeBaron and like bumping the bass, you know, uh. <laughs> like saying bro a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Man, but that just hit me right there. That enough, like, yeah, it's only when you too much. <laughs> like, that's wait, right. that's enough. That's enough. Huh. All right. That's enough. 
I've said that to my kids, man. That's enough. I'm going to start telling my kids they're enough when they're not in trouble. Huh. Ooh, I like That's that. what I'm going to start doing. You're enough. You are enough, Mike. You're enough. By the way, saying the word enough a lot makes it sound like a really weird word. You know, that works like enough, enough, enough. There's an element. It's like, what if we, and we are enough. I'm not saying what if we are, we are enough. We've done enough. We've done enough. Done enough. If you're you're listening to the podcast, you've done enough. Fuck yeah. Fucking shit. You know, you've done enough. You are enough. And so like, let's like stop worrying about that. And then just like. Leaning in to like, what, what's going to open up? What's open up for us on the next path in this uh, mist of darkness. We're all traveling to traversing together. That's right. And we're doing it together. Yeah. And when it comes to this episode, I think that's enough. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to Mormons on Mushrooms podcast. We have so much fun recording it. And if you love it, we would absolutely love it. If you could leave a review on wherever you get your podcasts, it would really help our visibility so more people can listen to it and be enlightened and hear our crazy stories. So thanks again for tuning in. Dude, hit it right there. Let's end it right there. I think right there, right? Seth, right there. Yeah. That's enough. Boom. Do, 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 do. And then Shalise is like, hey, give yeah. us a give us a review. And like, thanks for listening. And we enjoy making it. And it's, dude, yeah, hell yeah. It just ends with that's enough. I think that's perfect, man. So perfect. On these ones with you and me, do we need to record an intro? No. No. It's you and me talking. What are we gonna introduce ourselves? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if we just like, hey, this is one. Of the, no, no. I think we just drop people into it and be like, yeah, yeah enjoy yourself. me. It's just pure. It's just like, boom. that's right. You know, you know, I don't need no introduction. No. People know if they've it. listened to the podcast, they know what we're up to. They know. They know our shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. That I, I don't know. I when we were talking about the phone, I was like, ah, this might be a tough episode, but. I think we kind of got some good places today. You know where I, I realized when we start, when we start with that, approaching it from a way of like, all right, kind of like I, I realized on these episode recordings, I'm not running the show at all. You're not running the show. There's no. like something, there's like our subconsciouses that are running it. So it's like, I was like, oh, I'm wondering why I'm wondering how this is. I know this is going to play into the episode somehow. I don't know how, but I'm here for it. Same dude. It's like, we're tapping into something, huh? It's like, okay, well, I'll just keep talking until suddenly. And then we hand the baton back and forth and suddenly like this conversation starts to form. It's fucking fun. Well, there's, there's um, one more thing we can close. We'll close it out and we've already cut, but um, there's, uh, it was in school. I was learning about like, ah, I've forgot the the words that they use. Like um, there's, basically there's like psychological art where like people are like, okay, I'm going to create this project and this is going to represent the shadow and this is going to represent the ego. And this is going to, you know, but they're consciously doing it. 
And then there's like, oh, I've got what they call like transcendental art or something where it's like, you're leaving space for the other to be present in the creation of the art. Wow. And I feel like that's kind of what these episodes are. It's like, oh, Doug's talking about phones. I don't know why. Let's see. Let's see why. Where is this going? I'm I'm curious. I'm as curious as you. And consciously, because my subconscious is kind of like, oh no, I know we know what we're gonna say. And I'm like, I'm here for it. I have no idea. But leaving space for that and being like, let's just lean into whatever we feel like saying and like this. I have to look up what the word they use for that type of art. I would, yeah, like, I would love to, I would love to know that word. I would love to dig yeah. into that more. Cause I, that's, I, that's you're, you're tapping into flow. That I feel like, I feel like we experience flow when we're on this thing. Like I look up and it's suddenly seven 30 and I'm like, wait, really? Yeah. And that's and what so flow, it's like that. That's what flow, flow is. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you even think about like great movies, like star Wars, he, the, the, the original and maybe the empire strikes back he was tapping into that. Yeah. And then ever since then, they would try to consciously, they bring in JJ Abrams like, Oh no, I know the formula for star Wars. Then no, like the formula for star Wars was just leaving space for whatever to happen. That the, the, um, the, the unconscious to come in and present a new myth in lightsabers and Jedi and that, but a, a kind of a new myth for a new age. And George, but I don't, George Lucas, even he didn't even recognize that. And so then you start getting prescriptive by, by it. And so I think there's an element of like, this is why when we do ours, I just want to be like, I don't know what we're talking about, Doug. Let's, let's come and find out. Same. We'll find out together. And if you, if you come and you're like, I don't know why I just want to talk about phones. Let's fucking talk about phones. Because- well, honestly, I, I, I didn't say that out loud, but I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell Mike about my experience getting a new phone. I didn't think there was anything in that. In fact, I think I said, let's just cut that part about the phone. But then suddenly you turned it into this concept of business. And then we started talking about busyness and you talk about your dream. I was like, whoa, we're somewhere suddenly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Visionary art is what they call it. Visionary art, yeah. dude. Hell yeah. And not to like toot our home that we're creating visionary art. It's not that. It's, it's fact like that visionary are, art is bringing a art in, and we fucking are. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking are. <laughs> I mean, that's visionary art right there, man. Like coming here and just going with the flow of it and saying, yeah, just letting the vibe take over, man. Letting it take over it, because it. it doesn't matter because what happens is Mike, you and I are close enough that it doesn't really matter. You know, that subject matter, you and I use a lot of reference. Like we use a lot of like references, you know, we star wars and, 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 and uh, Lord of the Rings. like we use a lot of references, but all those references are doing are helping us like circle around and then suddenly find that, that, that beam that beam of flow that suddenly we're just like in it. And that's that. I don't think you can do that with like a guest because the guest has, Oh, we got to like get to know each other. We got to introduce what's happening, but you and I get into that, man. It's pretty fucking fun. Fucking love it, man. And it's like, fills my bucket at the same time. Hey, before I let you go, can I ask you, are you watching winning time? No, is it really good? I've seen the preview for it. I said a funny story with Audrey with that. We, uh, Oh, it turned on. There's like that new pirate show by, uh, dude, by Takai. Dude. Yeah. Have you seen it? Our flag means death. I saw the first episode. Do I need to keep going? First episode was like, it was funny, but it wasn't like, yeah. Get high. Okay. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Um, yeah. But then, but there was a commercial for winning time at the beginning 
And then Audrey, we were like two minutes in and Audrey's like, I'm so confused. What are we watching again? She thought like winning time was like the show we were watching. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah. Okay. Winning time. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this, bud, and and it it is what it is. I, I, I stand by what I'm about to tell you. It's the best thing that has ever been on television. Whoa. Okay. It looked dope. It looked like that. So I should stop it because I started last night. I started Raised by Wolves because you recommended that one. And it was stop it. fascinating from that. But yeah, it Raised by Wolves it wanders, dude. And I'm talking like, OK, like if I'm listing like the greatest things that have ever been on television, mm-hmm. I'm doing Arrested Development and Curb Your Enthusiasm and Mad Men and Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul and The Soprano. Like I like I got good taste yeah. and Adventure Time. OK, go. And adventure time. <laughs> dude, winning time is the best thing that I've ever seen. And, and I, I'm probably building it up too much. Now you're going to be disappointed for someone like me. Who's I really like the, I really like diving into like the grittiness of like the eighties. And yeah. I really like diving into like race relationships in America, but oh. I also love the NBA. Dude, I I saw the preview for it. I'm like, and the, just the style of it. I was like, holy shit, this looks like it feels like I'm watching. I'm feels like I'm there and transported in that era. Yes. Um, and so I just Ooh. needed it. I needed someone to just say, no, lean in. <laughs> I just got the chills when you said that, Mike. Yeah. We we do like a little like follow up every week after the new episode. Yeah. Because he's right there with me. Like, I mean, that's our that's it. It, it combines like the the era we grew up in, like the concept of like you know, the Lakers and Celtics and then the Pistons come like, dude, it is, it's everything that I wish something was. All right. I'm going to start tonight, man. Do I have time to get caught up to you before like a finale or is it already finished? No, I think there's like five episodes maybe. Okay. You'll, you'll get, honestly, I'm jealous of you because I I'm probably going to go home and just start from scratch again and just fucking watch the whole thing. Experience it with me. Watch it as if you're watching it with my eyes for the first time. (laughs) We'll chat. Done. (laughs) Done. And you know what? I almost, Hope Seth throws us all in at the ending after the thing. Like just I, like I, this. I've like this little chat. It's a long chat, but like, I don't know. Same dude. Love you, buddy.